Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today, Karen. We've got our evening with medium events coming up this year on April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th. Tickets are already on sale on the website at buysarlow.com. Sips of Sanity is a second podcast series that we have that is located on the website buysarlow.com. This is an emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence, so your EQ and SQ toolkit. There is an archive there. There are over a hundred shows, 10 minutes each, that you can head to if you are stuck in something, anything, because it's a huge toolkit. So get over there and grow. In wonderful news, we were invited back to International Women's Day here in North Bay at the Grand Event Center. It's hosted by the Crisis Center, and we will actually be doing an afternoon with mediums that day from 1.30 till 3.30. We don't have ticket information just yet, but you can stay tuned and check back at the website to find out more details closer to the date. If on Saturday mornings you would like to join us with your cup of coffee or tea in a coffee mug, Coffee with the Sarlows and Sips of Sanity podcast shows. You can go over to the website by sarlow.com. They're $15. You can purchase a mug. And last but not least, we have gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase and receive treatments from anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, and telephone. So that wraps up our show notes for today. And we're going to head right into our story, which is a treatment with a lady that came to see me. Um, I hope people listen to this in, I'll say with open ears today, because you may know of someone who's struggling with anxiety or depression and think that you know what it is. You might be observing their current life situation and say, it's the asshole boss, or it's the relationship she's currently in, not understanding that it can go back to something else and still have such a huge impact currently in their life situation. So Kel, Nina books a one hour session. And as we go through the consent process, she's amazing in that she just sits there and really engages and asks questions about what we can do in a session, and then wants to know if they can be thrown in a melting pot, just to see what can come for her if she doesn't guide the session at the beginning. But she says to me, I do want to preface this, that I'm going to keep coming back. So I don't want you to feel stressed that you've only got one hour to get every message to me from my spirit for the rest of my life, or where I have been in my life so far. I've researched what you guys do. And I'm committed to coming for a while. And I'm committed to hearing what you have to say, and know that I should take notes and record so that I can sort through it that it won't make sense to me at the beginning. Wow. Yeah. She goes, I got coached. Uh, Well done, coach. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I said, okay. So I went through consent and she sat and listened. She says, I'm going to record. I'm not going to write notes today. I'm going to just sit and be a listener today. So can you begin for me first, Karen? And I said, yes, I can. And I said, "I'm, I'm being told right off the bat that there are a variety of reasons that you're here. But the first one I get is that your mom needs to come through because she says she's the crack in the foundation. And I said, and it's a funny thing because it looks like an earthquake to me. 
I said, it literally looks like an earthquake is occurring in this room. And she says she created the crack. And then her mom, Spirit, shows me a car accident. There's another person in the vehicle with her. And she says to me, look, he's younger. This is a younger boy. This is my son, her brother. And I'm like, well, that would be a crack. That's got to be pretty huge. So she, I said, does he die? So his spirit steps forward and says, yes, I did. I'm her brother. And I was just a kid. I'm five. I said, okay. So she's lost a mom and a brother. And I said, this looks like years ago to me. Is it? And the way that I get that idea that it's years ago is that he shows me that he was five when he dies, but then he speeds up and shows me that he would be a grown adult right now. So that means this was a couple of decades ago. When I ask him how many decades, he gives me three fingers and then kind of wiggles them like roughly. So I said to, to Nina, did you lose a brother? and your mom in a vehicle accident approximately three decades ago. And she said, yeah, yeah. How come that's coming up? So I said, I don't know. I'm just going to check in and ask your mom what that has to do with your session today. And she says to me, the mom, she says, well, she says, my daughter has suffered her whole life with anxiety. She has had problems with sleep. She has had problems, not with careers. She can go through and get a job. She's had a job for a long time in one career. She's doing really well. Tell her I know that part, Karen. But she says, and she's married. She says she's in a relationship. She feels like she's in a good marriage, but she feels disconnected from her husband, even though she knows it's a good marriage and he's a good person and that she does love him, but she can't quite figure out sometimes why she feels connected. And then at other times, she feels disconnected. And I said, okay, keep talking. And she goes, well, when she feels disconnected from him, she's thinking that she's not lovable. And I said, okay, why does she feel unlovable? Because she feels like I left her. And I said, do you mean that you left her? Like you chose to die? And she said, yeah, I know it doesn't make sense, but she still thinks it. Well, it's the child's way of thinking. Yes, Kelly. She would have been 30 years at least younger. Yeah. And kids don't comprehend that something accidental happened. They think mom left. And she took her brother. So she's angry that she didn't take her too but doesn't know it consciously. So I said, okay, that's a lot to say to somebody who's just said, hi, Karen, I'm committed to coming here for a few sessions. What do you got for me? She hasn't asked me or given me any direction. And this is the first thing through. That's good. If that was me, I would think, okay, I made the right decision to say I'm going to come back. I have a plan. That's great. I, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. 
So I turned to Nina and I said, I have a mouthful. I think you may need to sit back and your head may spin a little bit, but it's going to be okay. You're safe here. You're safe. We can take our time. So I began and I told her everything that her mom and her brother said. And she just sat back and she said, at the end of me explaining all of this, she said, Karen, are you trying to explain to me why I'm suffering with anxiety and why I have depression? Are you actually telling me I don't need the meds they just gave me? Because I just was diagnosed and I've got medication. And I said, well, I'm here to explain this because your mom is saying yes, but that in no way means that she's trying to tell you that you don't need the medication. She's not trying to interfere. She's trying to add to, and she's going to say more to you about this. But this is your first piece. And she doesn't want to overwhelm you too quickly. Because it is something where you're struggling trying to process what you actually think of all of these things. So then I took out a pen and paper and I'm writing down a word. I just realized I can't say it out loud, Kelly, because it'll identify the person. So I'm just going to bear with me. I had to write down his name. But it's such an unusual name that I think it will identify. So let's just say that I went to write it one way and he stopped me and said, you're misspelling my name, Karen. (laughs) Excellent. So I said, okay. So I wrote his name out the first time full. Grammatic, no, how do you say that? Phonetically correct. Grammatically incorrect. And then I said, oh, I'll rewrite it. Thinking I knew how to rewrite it. The second time I went to spell it I-E and he stopped me. So I made the consonant and the first vowel and he stopped me and said, well, you screwed it up again, Karen. (laughs) I always tell people in consent, if we get something wrong, the guides will make fun of us and it's always a good laugh for everyone. Yeah. So I stopped the second time and then I went to write it the third time and I got it right on the third try. So I put an X beside the first, an X beside the second, a check mark beside the third, and I turned it around and I showed her the name. And I said, this is your brother. And he says, this is his name. Please tell me (laughs) that I got this right on my third try to spell it correctly. And she sat back in the chair after she looked at the name and she said, you did. And it's It's actually incorrectly spelt, but it's how my mom put it on the birth certificate. Nice. Good for you. Holy crap, eh, Kelly? Because, you know, as humans, you and I want to get it right. But sometimes to get it right, we got to get it wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Frustrating. Well, and I think it says quite a bit about your ego and my ego that we have to listen to the spirit world more than we have to try and get it right for us Mm -hmm. as Karen and Kelly versus that we really have to try and get things right for the sake of the client and that our ego has to sit back or it will cost us accuracy 
and consequently the trust of the client. Her brother didn't stay too much in the session. He simply came in to give all of those little validations because he thought that was unique and he thought that was important so that she could sit back and trust that there was a connection. So I really valued his input because it took us a long that he came in that first five minutes to do that. And it gave us 55 more minutes where she wasn't waiting for affirmations. Oh, good. Where she was able just to sit back at that point then and go, okay, let's go. Come on. This is just it. I'm good. She made a huge leap of trust and of faith, not just in us, not just in these gifts, but in the spirit world actually being connected to her. And that was the key. Her mom came in and said, well done to her son, that he pulled off a stunt like that so that his sister could make that huge leap three decades later that, yes, they have been there for three decades. And so I said to her, do you understand what I just did? Do you understand that they've always been there? You thought they left. The day of the accident, you thought, bye-bye, they're gone. I can't connect to them again till I die. This is going to be forever, and I'm in anguish. So that inner child has spent three decades suffering. And I'll say today, in that sense, she has an opportunity to say end of suffering. Beginning of connection. Or... I'll toss that out and I'm going to stay suffering maybe for some more decades. Who knows? But she made that choice right in that moment and said to me, can we go? Can we, can we figure out how I can keep doing this? And her mom said, absolutely. You can tell her Randy Travis. Oh, again. I know. My God, eh? Yeah. (laughs) So I said, yep, you've got Randy Travis, and I think it's Forever and Ever, Amen, but there's another song as well. And I said, and she says country music, but she sits back and she kind of says that you're listening to some older dudes. (laughs) And I don't know all of their names, but they're older guys. And I said, and you're also listening to some of the younger ones. So Randy Travis might be super happy to hear he's one of the younger ones. (laughs) (laughs) And then there are the much younger ones that would be more like in their 20s, right? So she's quite happy to say to her daughter, I know you have three boys. I know that you grew up and you had to grow up without your biological mom. And that you did get an aunt, you did get your own family. So her own family did raise her, her own aunt and uncle, but it's not the same. And she says, I know that you want to know if I missed out on all the things that you did. So I want to say I know that you have a husband and that you've had one husband. You haven't gone through any divorces. I want you to know that I know that you did go to college. You didn't go to university. I know you dropped out and then you got your shit together and you went back and then you got a job. So I know you had a hiccup in there, hun. So she was showing her the hiccups. She was showing her the children. She was showing her the, I know you've got one partner. And she never said, the client never said anything to me like, well, what's my husband's name? No, I, okay. After so many years, 
you're giving like seven examples of what the mom has witnessed in her daughter's life. And I I can lump them all in and listen and go, well, of course you got that right. Because I think you're perfect. But then I stop myself and I listen to this, put myself in the client's position and think if my mother, Karen Sarlo, was not here and someone said to me, basically repeated back what I had done in my life and I knew they didn't know me, I would be tickled. I would be bubbly, effervescent, giggly in my seat to know that my mom knew that I dropped out and went back and made different decisions and took different actions because you did just give that many different examples about how her mom witnessed each part of her life. And I'm floored, Kelly. How many times as a medium I have done this for clients Yeah, and they throw all of that out and yeah. say, well, what's his name? What are my kids' names? Like everyone did the exact same things you just talked about. Yes. And some clients even say that, well, doesn't everybody get married? Doesn't everybody have three boys? Doesn't everybody go to college or university? One of my like my most disdainful moments is when I say something about a pleasant grandmother and they're like, well, isn't everyone's grandmother nice? And I'm like, let me tell you. Yeah. You know, or, or grandparents in general or something. And it's just, I, there's just such an egocentric way of looking at things unless you sit in that seat with a desire to be in awe. Yeah, and and using the generalizations to discount yeah. the information is a disservice to what the spirit world does for that person through love. It's a disservice to what you and I work so hard at for years, every single day and every single night for years. It's a disservice to them and it gives credibility to industries and organizations that don't earn it, like Hollywood, like movies. It it places power in the wrong place, which in turn then creates the anxiety, the depression, and the physical illnesses. Mm-hmm. And I think her story highlights that perfectly. Yeah, I wanted to say too, it puts the magic in the wrong place. Because if we believe that the magic exists in the movies, then we have to believe that it's that it's manufactured and that it's not something that we can actually experience, but only something that we can witness through right. a screen. Right. Which I don't want to pick on Harry Potter, but that's kind of one of the examples that comes where we might want to believe and enjoy the movies so much. And hey, I do want to enjoy those too, but I still want the magic in my own life. Yeah. I, I, I can want it both places. And I can appreciate it in both. Some people can't. Then her mom says, listen, Shug, I know you work in a lawyer's office. And I know that you've worked in more than one lawyer's office in this lifetime. And I know you sit at the front desk and that you sort and you help everybody find the right people. So I said to this woman, so listen, Shug, So I know you work in a lawyer's office and he repeated it word for word. And she sat there and looked at me and said, could you say that again? And I said, well, she knows that you work in a lawyer's office. No, 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 no. From the beginning. And I said, listen, Shug. And she goes, could you say it again? And I said, yeah. And she goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm saying it word for word. I said, my daughter and I say things word for word, like we repeat it exactly the way we hear it. And she goes, I know. 
And so I just stopped. I just waited because I thought, oh, oh, this is more. This is more than what I think. So I just sat. I just put my hands down. I just let my shoulders drop. I just let my gaze soften. And then I looked out the window so she could have all the time and space that I could give her. And when I looked back a few minutes later, she was crying and she said, Karen, my mom called me Shug. And I said, okay, I'm glad that I got that right, but I sure don't get it. She says it's short for sugar. She goes, my mom used to call me sugar, but when, when it was like fast or cute or really intimate, like, hey, sweetie, she'd say, hey, Shug. And she says, so you're calling me what my mom called me when I was five. And she says, it's making me feel weird. <laughs> and I said, a good weird, a sad weird, is it all mixed up weird? And she goes, yes, and it's, it's so fast all at once, I need time. Oh, good for her. Yeah. And I said, well, we have that. So let's just sit together. You've consented to energy healing. So I'm just going to turn that on higher. And you can sit here knowing that your mom's in the room and has just addressed you as Shug. And she goes, okay. So I turned my body so that I could face outside into the backyard in my best attempt to give her privacy. So that she could just sit there and allow that to sink in in whatever way she can. So after a couple of minutes passed, she says, I think I'm understanding what's happening. Can I talk it out? And I said, yeah, you go right ahead. And she says, I think what I'm getting here is that my mom didn't go anywhere. She just changed, just disappeared on me. But she didn't leave me. So she says, I think she's calling me Shug because it's like that idea that at five years old, I got stuck in that thought, right? So at five years old, I can't let go of a belief. So as soon as I hang on to it, it repeats and repeats. And consequently, I've kind of carried that through my whole life that, that in some way, she really didn't love me. I think I believe that because I think she chose to leave. So that kid, Shug, believes that but she's kind of got more control over me than I have and I said yeah, that's exactly what she's trying to do for you as the adult yeah mm -hmm. I said she's trying to allow the adult in you to wake up and say hey do you want to live your life or do you want the five-year-old to continue and she went well boy I can tell you who's going to be happiest to hear this today and I said well she says your husband mm -hmm. <laughs> is going to be the happiest to hear it. And she goes, um, I believe so. And I said, and she says, it's time for the hugs now, that it's okay. And she goes, Yeah, I've been refusing my husband's hugs. Mm. I love him and he loves me. But he'll say, Do you want a hug? And I'll say, No, I'm good. And he knows I'm not and I know I'm not that I'm faking it. And that I'm putting up a wall between us. But in some way, it's because I'm trying to sort through all of this and I didn't know what I was trying to sort through. You get to a point if you believe you've been abandoned that you need to reaffirm that you can survive without the person that abandoned you. Mm -hmm. So if she runs a constant risk of having the potential of her husband walking out or disappearing one day, then I'll refuse what's being offered in the moment so I can know that I'll survive without him. 
you hit you just said it all lovely beautifully so she talked we talked all through that together and I want to say we meaning the client me and her mom and so she actually got to have this three-way conversation where her mom got to say yes you believe that because you think this is what I did to you and this is not correct so we're going to set it straight not the same as the therapist trying to explain it to you This is her mom saying it to her so that she can hear from her mom directly and her own choice. So her mom said to her, Shug, you got to decide if you're going to accept this, honey. The new belief. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do, we have the next half hour to create a relationship from here. So you're going to stay as Shug or you're going to grow up and be Nina. So you have a choice. And her mom just said, could you tell me what your choice is so that I can help you either way? Not a lovely question. Yes, because again, no matter what she chooses, she's not actually facing abandonment. Right. Her mom's saying, I'm going to love you anyway. And she got that. And that's what every kid, no matter how old or young you are, needs to hear. Yeah. And she got to hear it. And she got to hear it from her mom's voice, calling her Shug, which was the key thing Thank God she said it. Thank God we repeat things, Kelly, word for word. Because if we tried to paraphrase it or we thought that saying Shug was stupid or silly or we were second guessing ourselves and we didn't repeat word for word, and there's the policy, word for word, we could miss the key thing that allows her to create the moment of belief. Yeah, which is the moment of reconnection. Yeah. And that... I know we're talking about this as being the root of her depression. Connection or a disconnect is the root of depressions. We disconnect from multiple things in our life. And right now you're talking about the connection to mom. Mm-hmm. Lovely. I, 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 like, I kind of want to end the show right there because you just said it all perfectly for people to hear. And, and I, it's my hope that when people hear this, that they actually share this podcast with a person who needs it. Because sometimes we hear it, we think they won't listen. We make the assumption that they won't believe in what we do, so they don't share the podcasts. And I hope that people move past that today because of what we're talking about, about creating moments of magic. You and I sit here every day openly trying to do that for people, but it has to go beyond just the two of us. Sometimes it has to go to the person actually sharing the show with someone else and taking the risk. Just like her mom's taking the risk. I'm going to be here. I'm going to offer her two things today, but I'm going to love her in both situations. Mm -hmm. So she picked, she picked growing up. She picked her husband. She picked herself in that moment, her own mental health. And I say all of that because some people might listen to it and go, oh my God, she said she picked her husband first. No, she didn't. She picked herself first. Yeah, she picked Nina. Yeah. She picked being able to say, yes, this is my mom. I am going to go forward. I am going to create a relationship with her and I will take my husband's hugs and I will work on my relationship with my husband in a different way. Now I can be more present. And I don't have to wonder anymore if he's going to leave me too. I don't have to wonder if my kids are going to leave or if my friends are going to. It's okay for me to know that if they leave, they can come back. 
it's okay to know I'm going to survive if they leave by their own choice. Or I can love them from a distance. Yes. This is giving her the opportunity to say when you go to university someday, sweetheart, to her kids, I'm still going to be able to love you. And I know you'll still love me when you're married and living in a different city. Or when my husband's at work and he's in a different location. Or they die and the form changes, but the love is still there. The connection can still be there. So we spent the second half hour of her session creating all of those ways that she chooses to communicate. So we did two things. One where her mom said, can you ask Nina if she wants me to say, I'm the one that's been this? Or does she want to be able to say, um, I want to create this connection and I choose to do it this way? So I'm going to pick butterflies. I'm going to pick certain things. Or will my mom pick it and I got to go wait and find it? And so Nina said, no, I'd like to know what my mom's picking, what she's done in the past. And I said, okay, so in the past, these are the things that she has given you. You tend to acknowledge the cardinal. And she goes, I do. She just had a little kind of giggle. She goes, I do. I have an attachment to cardinals. And I said, but you were hoping that they were actually a sign from your mom, not not just like all the other birds. You were just hoping that the cardinal would be her. And she goes, yes. She goes, I, yeah, I did. And I said, well, she's saying that she heard that and she's trying to give you a, your yes for that. But if you want to go forward and pick the chickadee or do something totally different, you can pick something different. And I said, your husband is somebody that's going to say, hey, honey, there's a cardinal over there. There's a cardinal on that coffee mug. Did you see that t-shirt with cardinals on it? He's actually going to help you. And she says, well, he already does. So she has support. And isn't that interesting that even though he's already there, he's ahead of her, he already loves her that much to help her with that? Yes, I know what that's like. Good. That she still will get it and dismiss it. But now she can go home today. And when he says, honey, there's a cardinal on that t-shirt, she can say, thanks, babe. Or thank you for showing me. That's mom. I love it that you did that. So now there can be an acknowledgement that she's giving back to him because she withheld the gratitude. She withheld acknowledging that he was trying to say, I see you're hurt. I'm trying to help you. Part of her anxiety and depression was pushing all of it away. Mm -hmm. There was a really nice quote. I'll just paraphrase because I don't remember it exactly. But it's basically saying that if you don't heal the wound from one person, like the person that gave you the wound, you end up bleeding all over the other relationships. Oh, wow. I, I love the way that you've said that. It illustrates what she's done and what so many people do, right? And we think some of us, we think we're handling it. If we don't talk about it, we think we have it under control. But then we find out we don't when the eating disorder hits, or we find out we don't when the um, self-hurting hits. And some people hurt themselves by withholding in relationships. It may not be cutting. It may not be alcohol abuse. It's not outright, but sometimes it's just, it's those 15 forms of abuse, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we bring up those books and those authors so much. 
Because some people think, oh, well, I don't have a husband that's abusing me. No, sweetheart, you're abusing yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's why the books are great, because it's also in that area. So she's learning. We went through that. We sat and said, okay, how then does withholding and avoiding affect you? When diverting comes in and you're changing the subject, he says, here's a cardinal and you, you go off and say there's soup on the stove. You change the subject with diversion. And she went, I do that all the time. And I said, well, those are the forms of abuse. So now you know you're actually abusing him. And now you can actually understand yourself abusing. And she goes, well, if I'm self abusing in three ways, no freaking wonder I have anxiety and I'm depressed. And I went, oh, again, good for her. Yes. Yeah, she got to her places. She just, she got to it as her mom would. In in one session. One session. And had already committed to coming back before that first session began. And is planning to come every month for like a year. I'm so excited for you. Yep. And I'm seeing this more and more. I know you are as well, Kelly, where clients are finding the value in the sessions and committing right off the bat instead of making a one appointment. I'm now noticing in phone calls where people are, hi, this will be my first appointment, but I want you to know that I'm committed to coming. And it's like, wow. Yeah, I just had a client who, like like Nina, just registered for the entire year because she's been listening to Sips of Sanity yeah. and wants to actually listen and then come and personally debrief where she can draw her own parallels, but also have the assistance of someone i.e. myself, that's educated enough to say, here is what's happening in your life. Here is where the examples exist. Here is where you implement the tools and then check up on her. Yeah, because the spirit guides give us the exact examples. We don't have to guess at which of the 15 forms. They tell us exactly which three or seven or eight or 15. And they give us the exact examples of what they do to themselves, to others, and what others do to them. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things I love most about the guides and doing this work is that there is no wasted time. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. And and you know what? I'm going to reword it because some people will resonate with no wasted time and think, yeah, that's me. And other people will think or hear these words about how much the spirit guides value each moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. Because you're hearing then that the spirit guides value every single moment of your life. And then they're hearing that you and I value every single moment of their life. Yes. Even though they are a complete stranger. And some people don't believe that's possible. Right. That you could love someone that deeply without knowing them. Yes. That you could respect someone that deeply without knowing them. Yes. And that when they come here, they get both all in one shot consistently. You're just, you're my favorite person. Well, back at ya. And, and I hope, I really do, that we can be favorite people, so to speak, or favorite professionals. Or, or examples. Yeah. For other people to sit down and say, wow, um, I hear you go there and you get an ass kicking. And yeah, you can, but you get it with love. Safety. Yeah. Consideration compassion. There's just a ton of things, accuracy, examples. There are just a bunch of things that she sat there and took in that hour and walked out and went, okay, 
I was told to bring a notebook and a pen. I was told to bring my recorder. So I wrote my notes. She says, I sat down. She says, I've got my recording. She says, and then I was told to go home after this. She says, so I booked the afternoon off of work after this appointment. I'm going over to Twigs to get my coffee and my bagel. Oh my God. And she says, I'm going home. No one's home. The kids are at school. My husband's at work. He knows what's going on. He's picking the kids up. He's taking them out after after school. So I have my time and I'm going to sit and I'm going to write and listen and read. And I'm like, okay, she says, and I know about the podcast, so I'll start the homework. She's kudos to the person who referred her. Oh, I know because she, the person who referred her obviously knows the work that can be done. Yeah. So this is a person who's gone through it and done some of their own work in this process. Yeah. I was just going to say, and knows and respects the process. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we left it. We left it with her first meeting in decades with her mom. We left her with Suge. We left her with some things that she can sit and mull over in her mind. I'll say with, with magic thinking, okay, how the hell did Karen know I was called Suge five when I was five years old decades ago? Or she can sit there and say, my mom was in the room. I don't want people to focus on the fact that how did Karen know it? Or how did Kelly know it? I want them to focus on the fact of holy shit, my mom is here. Yeah, even as you're saying this, you know, I get stuck on on words. And I'm I, I hear you say we left her with and I think, oh, those will trigger the abandonment issues of being left. And I think we introduced her to we introduced her to and that that is something where she's got all these open doors, all these opportunities. And it's just uh, till we meet again, meaning when she comes back. And she's got a home, she's got a sheet of homework, Kelly. She's got a page that we mm. came up with between her mom, her spirit guides, myself and Nina. We sat there and we doodled all over the page, a chart system for her to actually come up with. How do I want to validate my mom in my current life? Yeah. And, and that's where I'm saying I see the not I left her with because she went home to, mm-hmm. but it's like, a beautiful introduction and almost like a, a nice big hello again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of her homework is reconnecting to her and including her children in the process. Lovely. Being able to say, mom, you know, the cardinal's going to be mom's sign and the kids go, okay, and what can we'll we do? look for grandma. Yes. So mom, what did grandma look like then? So mom, and I said, now when the kids ask, are you okay to talk about her? And she goes, Yeah. And that's going to shock the poop out of everybody because I have not talked about my mom. It's my brick wall. And she says, so I want to go home and I want to take out the albums and I want to take out the pictures and put them on the fridge. She goes, I want to take out the picture of my mom, my brother and I before they died and put it on the fridge so I can say that's what they look like. So kids, what could my brother look like now as an adult? This is really cool because what you're talking about is decades of avoidance, specifically of the senses. Yes. And someone might ask, well, what else is there to avoid other than senses? But she's now talking about introducing sight, introducing words, so sound, introducing herself back to her own senses of her experiences and sharing them. Kelly, we talked about if she could pick out a smell amazing that she could associate with her mom and her mom said 
I'm going to tell it to you. Write it down on the page. I know what the, her smell is. And I said, okay. So I wrote it down on the page and I wrote down smell on the chart. And she said, just put, put down what I think she might pick and we'll see. And I said, okay. So when I asked her, I said, you know, Nina, do you have a smell that you could associate with your mom? And she goes, I have a few. So I thought, well, shit, <laughs> I might get this wrong for her, but let's see what happens. And I said, well, could you name a couple or, you know, your, your top favorites or anything? And she goes, yeah. She says, I think of baby powder. And I said, okay. She says, because after our bath, my mom sprinkled baby powder on our feet and she'd rub our feet so that when we went to bed at night, I don't know, this was the mom's tradition for both of the kids. She says, so I can recall my mom and the smell of baby powder all the time. Johnson's brand, Karen. And I said, okay. And I flipped the page over and it said baby powder. And she said, okay. Um, and I said, so how would it be for you if say you're in an elevator and you smell baby powder? What about if you're sitting in the car and maybe your perfume is a total different brand, maybe it's light blue, but you smell baby powder? Would you be able to acknowledge that that's your mom sitting in the car or standing in the elevator with you if there's no other humans in the elevator? And she goes, yes. And I said, then let's put down on the chart, baby powder, mom's present. And I said, can you acknowledge it? So what do you want to do to acknowledge it? And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, I happy dance. It can look like a shoulder shrug. It can just be my hands moving, my hips kind of going. I said, you can have it in your chair. I said, you just sort of figure out what your celebration is. Or your acknowledgement could be that when your husband comes home from wherever, that you say, I got baby powder today. And that's your celebration by just saying it to another person, acknowledging it. And they could look at you and go, that's great. And that's your celebration. So we picked systems so that she had something to work on. And then our next session will be, and how is that directly affecting your status with anxiety and panic attacks? Do they increase, decrease, stay the same? And how do you rate your depression? So now we have also created systems to rate the anxiety and her depression. This is okay. So when I started talking about avoiding senses, what I wanted to actually get at is that clients are now coming to say, I want to open up my gifts. And that is reconnecting to all of the senses. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about specifically setting out patterns or tools where she can open up sight, use words of affirmation. Now she's smelling her mom and sharing it, connecting to herself, her mom, her family, so on and so forth, which is a real full life. This yeah. is this is drawing every Sips of Sanity episode, every Coffee with the Sarlos episode, right into a nice little package with a bow on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that this woman comes walking in my door where she's worked all morning, has booked her lunch and her afternoon off so that she can finally get to the bottom of what's going on because she has been diagnosed. She has now been given medication and she now thinks she's at the beginning of the journey and a friend stopped and said, medication? Okay, I can understand that you can need that. How about this too? Why don't I sit down and explain what these ladies do? And if you're open, are you? could you try and see if this could help with the medication? 
So her friend said, I'm mm-hmm. not telling you to stop. I'm not telling you the doctors are wrong. I'm just saying, could this help you too? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've got clients who have said, Kelly, I went on a tiny bit of low dose medication just to take the edge off so I could actually lower my anxiety enough to actually hear you. Yeah. And it's just meant for a period of time so that once I hear you and I can get the tools, then I can wean myself off the medication. But without the tiny little bit, just to kind of take that edge off, like they say, nothing's possible just yet. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I'm really enjoying about this process too, Kelly, and it hasn't happened with Nini yet because we only had one session, but where other clients will come back and say, I told my psychiatrist I'm seeing you. I told my therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the recordings and some psychiatrists will listen to it mm-hmm. and then work with what's coming out in our sessions. Excellent. And now refer. That's a team. So they will actually hit a brick wall, I'll say, maybe in therapy and say, okay, are you open to going and seeing these ladies? I'm happy to refer them to you record while you're there bring the recording or your notes back so I can listen to it and then know where to go forward and some of the psychiatrists are actually writing out questions for them to ask in the sessions yes collaboration yeah it's beautiful yay yeah because it's all about Nina yeah it's everyone being on her side or in her corner gorgeous eh that makes me happy for you and I, because this is a long struggle trying to create all those connections in our communities. And it makes me super happy for a spirit world that's worked so hard to help people like you and I be part of those teams where so far, many of us have not been allowed to be part of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm thrilled about the spirit world doing all of this. And I'm thrilled about the other humans, not just listening to the TV shows and the movies making fun of what we do, but being able to say, hey, if I get past that, how can this actually play out and help this person? Because that's the bottom line. Perfect. So if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, have a beautiful weekend.